Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. Today happens to be October the 2nd, 2019, and it is a Wednesday. It is a beautiful day outside, although we're getting a warming trend. This is October. We're supposed to be cooling off, and we got a warming trend. It's going to be close to 100 for the next two days, and then the temp's going to drop a good 20 degrees. So we'll be back in line with what it's supposed to be in October. I say that spring and October, I mean, spring and fall are, are the seasons that are sort of like an old car. They take a while to get started. It's like, come on, come on, you can get it. Come on, a little bit more. It takes a while. So anyway, um, here's my stuff I heard, okay? So Saturday, I did a podcast in the morning, and then in the evening, I turned the mics over. If you guys listened, I turned the mics over to my wife and her friends, and they did a podcast. Um, My wife, Dolores, and her friends, Cheryl and Lori, did a podcast about, you know, being women of, uh, of, of an age where their kids are grown and they're, you know, starting to live their own life and, and do the things they want to do now that they're empty nesters and how they met at the gym and how they're, you know, staying committed to working out and the benefits they're getting from it and the challenges that they have. And, and you know, I kind of set everything up, showed Dolores real quickly what to do and walked away. Um, we had Lori and her husband Danny over and Cheryl over for dinner um, after we eat dinner, we, I hooked up the, the TV on the back porch and we were able to watch some football. Uh, Danny and Lori are big Ohio State fans, so we turned the, turned the game on out there and we watched Ohio State beat up on some poor, poor, poor team that barely had a chance, like a babe in the woods, just, oh no, here it comes, and then they got clobbered. Um, so anyway, we did that, the girls did this, and at the end of the day, uh, they come outside and they were all excited. They were like, oh, it went well. I was like, really? You know, and my wife kind of, she did well. She, uh, she asked me the next day, have you listened to it? And I was like, no. And then the next day, have you listened to it? I was like, no. So I listened to it. Okay. I got off work, um, Monday and, um, had a little bit of time. So I went ahead and played it and I listened to it. And I thought she did a great job of being a host, hostess, what are you going to call it? Uh, a podcaster. Um, I could see that uh, they were getting comfortable. Um, they were nervous, of course, about being on it for the first time. They didn't know really what to expect or anything like that. But I think they did a good job. I think that there is a niche for for that audience and for that conversation to happen. And it was nice to be able to facilitate that and to allow them that space. So, you know, good on them. That's really awesome. Um, I would like to... Uh, be able to help them do more of them in the future. I think that uh, I think that it could be a good thing. I really do. Um, <clears throat> so I've been doing and and watching and listening to a lot of content in the last few days since the podcast. Okay, so I did the podcast in the morning and then I spent the day listening to things. Um, I listened to a bunch of Michael Rosenbaum inside of you. Um, Michael Rosenbaum, if you guys don't know, played Lex Luthor on Smallville. He's done a lot of movies, uh, a lot of TV. Um, Anyway, he did a lot of good podcasts in a row. And I had gotten behind, but I wanted to listen. So, you know, I was like, all right, let me me deep dive here and just get into it. Because if I don't, I'm going to be kicking myself in the tail for not. Because so far, everything he's done, I've enjoyed. 
He just has a way of interviewing people that's very enjoyable. So I looked at my list here, and, I, and right away when I was scanning things I wanted to listen to him talk to people about, the ones that, that like jumped out at me was numbers, episode 73 came out on August 27th with Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid. How about that? Cobra Kai, and apparently he's on the show called The Deuce. Um, I wanted to hear that. I also wanted to hear Jamie King. Uh, she's on Sin City and Black Summer. I talked about watching Black Summer on Netflix and how interesting it was. It's like a zombie show where you, you, as soon as you get into somebody, they're gone. It was pretty, pretty devastating. Um, and then I noticed some characters that I didn't quite know, but looking at their information, I kind of figured it out. Like episode 77, Amanda Crew. It says Silicon Valley tone deaf haunting in Connecticut. Well, right away when it said Silicon Valley, I thought, oh, I bet she's the girl that is like their their person they go to immediately whenever they're trying to, to get their stuff done. And, and it turns out that was the girl. She kind of looks like Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, did, um, just a younger version. Uh, very nice lady. Very interesting to, to listen to. Um, I noticed right away Sean Gunn was episode 75. Uh, Sean Gunn is, you know, he's, his brother is... Tim Gunn, um, is it Tim Gunn? James Gunn, James Gunn, uh, Big Jimmy. He is, uh, he's the Guardians of the Galaxy guy. He's the, he's the director. Um, <clears throat> anyway, Sean is also, I guess, has a reoccurring thing on Gilmore Girls. And, um, Sean put on the, uh, the, the funky suit, um, to play Rocket on Guardians of the Galaxy. He also has a, a like a, a minor role as another character on the show, but but he is the animation part of it that they used. He crawled around on his hands and knees and kind of did the, the stuff for the actors to look at whenever they were doing their stuff. Anyway, it's an interesting podcast, lots of interesting ones in a row. Um, Matthew Lillard, uh, he played Shaggy on Scooby-Doo. He was also in Scream. He was the guy with the exaggerated face. Um He's uh he's very interesting as well. He's uh you know older of course now and but the main one that, that jumped at me right away was Andy McDowell, episode seventy four. She was the love interest in a lot of stuff that I watched growing up: Groundhog Day, Four Weddings, and a Funeral. Um, and she's recently in a new movie that's coming out, Ready or Not. I guess it's already come out. Um, now Andy Murray, or Andy McDowell, excuse me, is uh is from South Carolina and. You know, when when I was a younger man and watching stuff with her in it, she had one of those adorable faces that you couldn't help but care for. And you're like, oh, she seems so cute, you know, and she just had one of those girl next door, you know, love interest kind of faces. And she was a delight to listen to. Um, very humbling, very humble in her own regard. Um, she talks about a lot of her own problems that she's been through. And her fears and whatnot. And that's one of the things that, that Michael Rosenbaum seems to do is he's able to talk to people and get them to come out of their own insecurities by openly talking about his own, um, their, his own demons that he's fighting with and, they, and the things that he kind of, you know, has to navigate as he gets older and seek counseling for and stuff like that. And, and he's inviting people over that are friends and friendly and, and by being vulnerable, he allows them to be vulnerable and also talk about the fact that, yeah, I also deal with depression and I also deal with anxiety and, and all of the things that everybody else does. It's just it, it looks all 
flashy and perfect on screen, but it's not. So anyway, uh, go check out Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, I also listen to, hang on, let me find it. <laughs> okay, so today, actually earlier today, um, Joe Rogan Experience, episode 1358, Sober October number three. This is actually the fourth year they've done something like this. Um, they've done different challenges um, since the beginning. Uh, at first, I think it was a weight loss challenge between Bert and Tom. And in it was a thing about you know not drinking as well. But then they, they did the Sober October thing. And then they had the challenges of doing the 15-knot yogas. And then the next year, they last year, they did the, um, the MyZone fitness things they wore over their chests um, and really challenged each other on a physical challenge. Uh, this one's a little bit different. This one, they don't really describe what they're going to do, what the, what the end goal is. They sort of give themselves challenges on their own about, here's some things that I'm struggling with that you're not. And here's some things that, that, you know, I need to work on, but you don't. But maybe here's some things you could work on. So they sort of challenge each other to do something. And ultimately, they, the whole thing is for Bert. Um, they talk about the fact that in the beginning, this was because they were concerned about Bert being overweight or being an alcoholic. And they were like, listen, all of this was meant to motivate you to be the better version of you. It, like, this is how we all started this, because we care about you. And we want you to, we don't want you to die. Well, Bert apparently has gone to the cardiologist and he told him, he said, listen, you got a fatty liver, you, you got to lose weight. And so Bert's talked about it on his podcast about being on a diet and going on Joe today, he mentioned that he's already dropped 21 pounds and he's like, I got to, I got to be a healthier version of me. I'm just, I'm just going to. And, you know, I've talked about this before that Bert is, lives in a, in a world of absolutes where he says, I'm going to do this. And then he does it. I mean, he just sort of sets his mind to it, and then he does it. Which a lot of people will say they're going to do something, and they don't follow through. And a lot of people say they're going to do something, and they go completely opposite of what, they're going to, what they say they're going to do, because they don't care. And, you know, Bert's not like that. He says he's going to do something, and he goes with it. So I'm, I'm going to root him on. I'm going to, you know, hope that everything works out. Um, I am going to see him in concert in North Charleston, this coming Thursday night. So I got one more episode that I'm going to record before I'm going to see Bert with Kyle. Um, you guys may know Kyle from the podcast, Kyle Hardy. Uh, he's going to be joining me for a night of comedy. Um, should be pretty fun. The um, Kyle is in a group with three friends where they own a few restaurants here in town. And, and I'm not really going to speak out of turn here other than what's public on Facebook, uh, knowing that, uh, you know, the three of them are friends. They wanted to start a restaurant together. They have several restaurants here in Florence, uh, Tubbs, which does a lot of seafood, um, King Hefe, which you've heard me talk about, Agnosium, about their gourmet tacos. Um, they have a burger joint, called Burger Bar, I mean, not Burger Bar, excuse me, Revival, sorry, dude, uh, Revival Burger, um, and they're getting ready to open a pizza place called Pizza Mio, okay? Monday on Facebook, Kyle announced that they're closing Revival. They're going to close Revival Burger. Apparently, it's just not working out. 
They're going to be shutting the doors. This coming Sunday is the last day. Um, they have opened the doors on Pizza Mio. It opened up on Monday. And I went there today to eat lunch with my mom. I posted photos on Facebook, Instagram, and on Google for Google Maps. Um, I got to tell you, the pizza place is awesome. The pizza place is going to kick total butt. The location of it is great. It's right across the street from one of the local high schools. It is next to a Walmart. It is close to my house. So I brought a menu home with me so that on random occasions when my wife's like, hey, what do you want to do for dinner? I can say like, hey, how about I call in an order for us for pizza and you just go pick it up. And that'd be quick and simple and easy. We can get whatever ingredients we want on it. It'll be really fantastic. So looking forward to that. Um, Like I said, again, we ate there today. My mom and I did. And the pizza is fantastic. So anyway, if you're in the area, check them out. I think they'll be like, wow, dude, great suggestion. Um, Let's talk about some stuff that I've seen, okay? I watched uh, a show on Netflix called The Politician. And it was one of those shows that they sort of advertise. You know, whenever you open it up, there's always an advertisement. It says, hey, you may like this show. I'm like, okay, well... Right away, the first character that I see is a young man named Ben Platt. Now, I don't know who Ben Platt is, but his face looks familiar, and I'm like, who is that? And then they show, like, little blips of other actors in the show. Gwyneth Paltrow pops up, and I'm like, hey, there's Gwyneth Paltrow. And then there's Diane Lang, or Jessica Lang, excuse me, Jessica Lang. I'm like, whoa, Jessica. And then Dylan McDermott, you see a little glimpse of. And, you know, there's there keeps popping up little images of people that you know from other stuff, and you're like, what, what is this? So I started watching it, and right away in the first episode, I'm like, oh, this is a hit. This is good. This is really good writing, really good acting. Um, I can tell you that if you're uncomfortable with people being gay, you're not going to enjoy the show because there is a couple of gay relationships in this. But it is the climate of what is going on today. Okay, It's sort of a... To me, it is a viewpoint of a guy who's extremely motivated, who wants to become school president because he has aspirations to go on to Harvard and to one day become president of the United States. And he feels that if he doesn't win the election as school president, then it's not going to happen. So he's really gunning hard to be president of his student body at his high school. Now, this is, of course, a make-believe scenario where his... He has adoptive parents, and apparently they're very, very wealthy. Uh, They live in a community where a lot of people are very, very wealthy. So, you know, right away in the opening scene, he's driving uh, an Alfa Romeo, uh, very vintage, very expensive Alfa Romeo. Um, It's no big deal for them to talk about spending a bunch of money, which has nothing to do with my life or anything like that. But, but, all of that aside, ultimately it's about ambition It's about how ambition can drive us to do terrible things to one another. It's about drive and what you will do in the moments when you need to be, when you need to motivate, when you need to overcome something. And then there's a, there's a heart to it also. There's a, there's a love there. There's a, a kindness between the main character and his, uh, his adoptive mother, Gwyneth Paltrow. Or between him and a love interest, um, a young man about his age, or him and a young woman about her about his age, 
Um, there is moments of him being broken in a lot of ways. And there is a scene, I want to say it's in like episode two, where he sings a song that is, I want to say a Joni Mitchell song. Um, it's beautiful. The minute he starts singing, I'm like, wow, this guy has got one incredible voice. And I, I mentioned to my, my wife, my wife was in, you know, she just walked through the room and she stopped to listen to him sing. And I said, this has got to be one of those high school musical guys. I mean, this guy is really, really talented. He can sing his butt off. Really impressive. Um, anyway, the show was great. The show has, has murder. It has plot. It has, you know, uh, a lot of scandal, a lot of um, intrigue. Um, deception, lies, everything that a show should have to captivate an audience to make them go, wow, I can't believe how far this character is willing to go for this. And the dedication that all of the people have in it to play the roles they're playing. It's silly at times. It's very tongue-in-cheek at times. It's sort of poking fun at, at American politics and how devoted we are to policy and, and party and crap like that. But also how quickly some candidates are to switch sides when it favors their interests. Um, listen, it's interesting to say the least. Um, if you're into politics or if you're into anything like this, you're going to enjoy it. But if you're, uh, like I said, if you hate the gays, you're going to be like, I can't stand to see this. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is horrible. I've been ruining my life. It'll be fine. You'll, you'll be okay. This is, this is just the reality today. Okay. People openly talk about what they're into. They weren't allowed to before. Before, they were just beaten up or ridiculed or told us to shut up. Now people can talk openly about what it is that they're feeling or doing. And, you know, this is the climate moving forward. This is the life that we're in. This is America. So, um, good show. Really, really interesting show. And then, I watched another show. Also on Netflix, Unbelievable is the show. I hit the wrong button. I'm trying to bring up the the picture of the cast. Where's the button? Come on, Internet, do your thing. Mm. It only gives me four names. Why does it only give me four names? What a bunch of hooey. Full cast and crew, is this it? Well, that's very tiny. I can't even read that. Sometimes the internet just makes me crazy. That's a little better. Okay. Um, so right away, I had heard about this show. <clears throat> this show, unbelievable, in the previews, as you watch it, you watch how a teen girl is raped in the first episode. Now, no one wants to hear about that. No one wants to see it. No one wants to talk about it. But it happens. And this show is at times hard to watch because they show you kind of what this person went through. Um, it's a dramatization of a real thing that happened. 
Um, on Wikipedia, it says the dramatization of the 2000, 2008 to 2011 um, character Maria Marie was a teenager who was charged with lying about having been raped and two detectives who followed a twisting path to arrive at the truth. It was based on a Pulitzer Prize winning article. Um, listen, it's, it's, it's a powerful show. It's, um, I don't want to say it's one that you need to watch with your teenage daughters, but in a way it kind of is because they need to know how dangerous it is for them to be vulnerable and how important it is for them to lock their doors and their windows and to be mindful of what's going on around them and what they're getting themselves into because there's a lot of predators out there. There's a lot of very dangerous things out there, dangerous people. Um, the uh, One of the main characters is uh, Merritt Weaver. She was on uh, Nurse Jackie. She she played a very integral role in, in Nurse Jackie. She's like one of the main detectives, her and uh, Tony Collette. Um once you see these actors, actresses, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I know them right away. Big time actresses. Um, but the main character is Caitlin Dever, D-E-V-E-R. And she looks like she's maybe 12, but she's supposed to be portraying someone who's like 17 or 18-ish. Um, she's the first one that gets raped in this serial rapist scenario. Um, listen, it's, it's a, it's an awful, awful story and it's amazing the way they caught this guy. And, you know, the funny part is, is once they catch the, not funny, but once they catch the guy, like he apparently talks to the police and says, Hey, here's some things you should know, by the way, that you should be able to catch me before I get to this level. Cause I was really, I made, I made a mess of the first time. And you should have caught me right away. I was expecting the first day to be caught. And when I didn't get caught, I thought, well, I can really get away with this. And so I kept doing it. And if you hadn't caught me, I'd have keep doing it. Because nothing seemed to be able to stop me. They, they catch this guy. And there's nothing they can do to him to make it right to the victims. There's really nothing. Because the victims from that point on in the rest of their life are going to question, what did they do to deserve it? What did they do? What was it about them that they could not do in the future to make them less vulnerable? And there's really no right answer. Like I said, you know, lock your doors, lock your windows. Be mindful of where you are and what time you are there. And don't do things alone. Have somebody with you to protect you or at least be a a secondary person to help fight someone off if need be. You know, I had sons and, you know, I know the statistics are, are even higher for male on male rape, but you know, let's face it. If you, if you've got sons, you think to yourself, well, at least they can defend themselves. And you know, that's partly true. Um, but it's not exclusive, you know, these these young ladies, not even young ladies. There's some some ladies. Some of his victims were older ladies. He really didn't discern old, young, you know, black, white, fat, skinny, tall, short. Doesn't matter. 
He just looked for somebody he could victimize. And he did it. He was very crafty in the way he did it. And, you know, it just makes me nervous. It makes me nervous for all the women I know in my life, for my sister, for my nieces, for my mom, for, you know, everybody that I know that, that, that could be a victim. I mean, geez, it was, it was, it was eye-opening. Um, I had seen it advertised and I told myself I was not going to watch it at night because, <laughs> you know, there's some things you just don't want in your brain, especially right before you go to bed because it's going to make your brain race and you're going to lay there at night with your eyes wide open going, geez, I can't believe all this, you know. But it, I felt like if I watched it during the day, it was okay. So I actually watched these uh, during the day um, and was able to sleep with no problem because I would watch something silly at night before I go to bed. So anyway, um, good show, uh, terrible premise. I mean, listen, I realize that there's some stories that need to be told and it's good that, that certain people are taking it on. And I thought they did ultimately a good job of portraying what really happened. Um, you know, this, this first lady was victimized in Washington, uh, state, and the police officers who investigated it really did a terrible job of collecting evidence. They did a terrible job of handling the situation with the young lady. Um, even the medical examiners were really awful to this girl when they were taking samples and trying to get, you know, pictures and swabs and stuff like that. They were really awful to her. And they basically bullied her into into saying that she ultimately wasn't raped just because she wanted it to go away. She was tired of talking about it. And they they kept pushing the issue of the fact that, you know, we can't keep pursuing this because there's no evidence. And, and when reality, he talks about when they catch him, he's like, I left all kinds of evidence, and they didn't catch any of it. I left hair, I left DNA, I left fluids, I left all kinds of stuff. And these police officers just screwed up. And then when they had her in custody asking her questions, they bullied her to the point that she finally, you know, said, okay, well, I, maybe I made it all up just because she wanted it to be over. And I kept watching it thinking, well, of course, if you were in this, why would you, why would you even want to admit it if they're going to treat you this terribly? And how much of this has gone on over the years? I mean, it's, it's just awful. Um, there is a good ending. You know, if you get to watching it and you're you're and like me, you're feeling really awful for this girl. There is a good ending at the end for her. And I don't know if it's truth. I don't know if they listen, it's a dramatization. I don't know if they made the last part up to make it with a nice bow on it, but the ending did make me feel better. So anyway, it comes recommended. So what else? I don't know. Um, I got a lot of things going on. I got to meet with a guy named Danny, um, on Sunday and he may be on the podcast soon. Uh, he came over on Sunday. We talked about the podcast. We talked about creating, we talked about possibly doing something together. Um, and more than anything, we sort of inspired each other to do something different than what we're doing. Um, we kind of wanted to bounce ideas off of each other about content. Um, he is starting a YouTube channel, and he's starting a, um, he has an Instagram page, but he's into leatherworking and woodworking, and he wants to get into blacksmithing, and he's a content creator, 
at heart. He's working on creating a video game. He's he's doing a lot of different things, and I think he's I think he's at the very beginnings of blowing up in a in a very interesting way. And I want to have him on here to share his journey and let him talk about it on his own terms. And hopefully I have some content that once I send you guys to him, you'll be like, holy crap, you know, this guy is interesting. So be prepared for that. That's coming. And, uh, and that's it. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, today is my day off and I'm trying to take it easy. Um, again, Thank you for everybody who is listening and watching and being a part of this, and I uh, appreciate every one of you. Um, if you guys are going to the Burt Kreischer Show in North Charleston, let me know. I'd love to hang out with you, maybe have a beer. Um, I've also recently got plans to go see Joey Diaz in Atlanta at the Tabernacle January 25th. Uh, me and a few friends and my brother are going, and that will be a good time. If you're going to that, let me know. Love to see you there, too. All right, that's it. Y'all take care of one another. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. And cue the cow.